Welcome to Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in maternal mental health and host of Motherhood Feels Hindsight is 2020. Stay tuned for a captivating Motherhood Feels conversation with seasoned mom and accomplished Jacksonville, Florida based doula, Kelly Googe. Kelly is a mom to three grown children, a lovable Labrador puppy, and 70-plus plant babies. Not only is Kelly able to impart wisdom on her motherhood journey, but she also gives us a behind-the-scenes glimpse of life as a birth worker extraordinaire. Listen in as she talks through the wide-ranging supports she provides to moms, including the life-saving support she provided to a mom with postpartum depression, and uplifting moments baby-catching in a brand-new Mercedes. You can follow her on Instagram at Kelly Googe, all one word, on Facebook at Kelly Googe hyphen doula, and her website, wombtoworlddoulaservices.com. Check her out next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. Before we start, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when the next episode comes out. And apparently, giving five-star reviews is a cool thing to do, too. You can follow me on Instagram at motherhoodfeels, all one word, and head over to motherhoodfeels.com to check out my self-paced online course, Motherhood Feels, before and even after baby boot camp. It walks through evidence-based strategies for healthy coping with all your motherhood feels. The downloadable workbook that comes with the course means you'll have everything you need in one place during this busy season of life. It's perfect for expectant, new, or even seasoned moms and makes for a great baby shower gift. Thanks for listening. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for being here. Hey, Jill. Thanks for having me. Let's start by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I am a 59 year old. Jacksonville resident. I've been here since 1981. Um, I've been a doula here for 30 years. Prior to that, I was a teacher, um, avid tennis player, kayaker, dog lover. And plant lover. Don't forget that. Oh, yes, my plants. <laughs> <laughs> As a person who is sitting in your house and seeing all of the plants, um, we can't forget that. No, my 77 pots. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're here and going to be able to impart some of your wisdom with us. Could you tell us a little bit about your motherhood journey? You are both a motherhood expert and a doula expert. So I'd love to hear a little bit about both of those. So you could start wherever you'd like to start. I was lucky to have amazing births. I had a wonderful midwife who guided me through pretty easy pregnancies. I grew up in a house that never imparted fear around birth. It was normal. And so I never had that preconception that birth was going to be frightening or motherhood was going to be frightening or anything like that and until I had my kids. <laughs> um, you know, because motherhood is something, it's a little jarring. And I think one of the things we don't do well in this culture is nurture new moms. And our production as women is our value. And I think we don't allow women to ease into motherhood. And I found myself in that arena. I think that 
knowing what I know now, thanks to people like you about postpartum depression and anxiety, I had postpartum anxiety with all three of my children because the need to get back to work, get back to working out, get back to being thin, my kids sleeping through the night, you know, I always joke they should be doing calculus at week two. You know, that pressure to perform in our culture really affected me Mm -hmm. um, because I'm a doer. And rest was not valued. We didn't rest. And I had three kids in four years. And so that was really hard. And I lactated for five and a half years. And that was really hard. I think going back now, you know, I wish that I had looked at the beginning stages of motherhood with a little bit more grace and a little less pressure. And as a doula, one of the things that I really hone in on for moms is that we have to take a moment when we have our babies and we have to build um, a community around ourselves because we isolate our moms in this culture. And I knew as a young mom, you know, I, I didn't have family here except for my parents, but both my parents worked and, you know, it was just hard. And I was so tired all the time because I never stopped. And the anxiety that I felt for me, you know, again, knowing that anxiety can come out as rage, it can come out as perfectionism, even manifesting in OCD traits. Um, and I was like, wow, looking back now, I was like, hey, that was kind of me, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, and it wasn't until my children all started going to school full time and I was able to kind of get some peace back into a, a routine that all of that started to dissipate and I was able to manage it and and come out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my advice to all my mamas as doulas and all my friends who are having babies is that prepare yourself prior. And you, Jill, are so great because you have this new program that talks to mom before they have children. Mm-hmm. We don't do that as a culture. Yeah. You know, we're so worried about the nursery. We're so worried about the $900 car seat, you know, and everything else and these outrageous gender reveals, but nobody talks to the mom mm-hmm. about the profound physical and chemical changes that she's going through now and will go through for the rest of her life. And then we're just expected to handle that, you know, without resource. So I as you well know, <laughs> um, attack your resources on a daily basis. But I just feel that's one of the pivotal parts of me being a doula is to oversee that transitions from that for moms. And I watch them very carefully postpartum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so tell me, you said you had a midwife yourself. Yes. And I feel like that's a little bit ahead of the time. Oh, I was I was way ahead of the time because I had natural births um, uh, and with zero intervention. They were in a hospital. It was, it was the compromise uh, for my husband because I did want home births, but my husband um, is a medical lawyer and he was like, uh-uh. So we, um, you know, because he always sees the worst of the worst. So sure. we compromised that I, I would go through midwifery care and basically walk in pushing, which is what I did with all three of my kids. And and with my third, I had 17 med students in my room because they had never seen a natural birth. And they were like, what, what, why, why is she on her hands and knees? What, what's happening? What is she doing? Why, where's the epidural and what's going on? You know, I didn't even have an IV, you know, cause we didn't have to have them back then. And so, but yeah, I, I was 
my older sister and I were definitely um, ahead of our time for natural birth because they just didn't do that back then. Well, you talked about having some time once your kids got into school to breathe and probably reflect on how your experience postpartum was. Yes. And you identified kind of with some hindsight, man, this might have been some anxiety going on. Tell me what you, with hindsight, wish you had maybe done or what would you have liked to have done differently around that experience? I wish that I had had approached my midwife truthfully, mm. you know, because we gloss over things. I'm fine. I feel good. Yeah, it's this. I'm Yeah, I'm tired, but all moms are tired. I wish that I had been more honest with her so that she could have helped me better. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we don't, you know, we suffer in silence mm-hmm. as women. And I think, too, I wish that, well, medications have come light years for anxiety and depression. We didn't have the drugs 30 years ago that we have now because I would in no way would I hesitate to take something now for that anxiety um, because I feel like I missed out on a bit, you know, of happiness and and calm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that if I had had the resources but I also maybe didn't give my midwife a chance to give me resources. We didn't have the face of postpartum and depression and anxiety help like we do now because of you, Jill. People like you that have come into this world saying, hey, we can do better for women um, without putting them in a psych ward or, you know, something on horrible, horrible medications. But I wish that I had been more honest. I wish that I had utilized my mom a little bit more um, and not be afraid to look weak or incapable, you know, because so much, again, of our value is how are we productive? Mm-hmm. You know, rest isn't productive. We don't rest. You're talking about what I see a lot of and what I probably can relate to as a person too is this kind of perfectionistic tendency. Yeah. And our social world, media, and just our kind of um, role in, in life becomes something that it's very easy to hold on to for perfectionistic tendencies. Oh, for sure. And it makes it really hard when you're a parent. And I'm so glad that we did not have Instagram mm. when I was parenting because I see that Instagram life mm-hmm. and how it affects so many of my clients that need to look so perfect all the time. But I know these women because they're my clients and they're my friends. And you can see the vacant, you know, and the stress and the exhaustion because they're pushing so hard for that. And I, I mean, I did as well. I just didn't have it on my phone. Sure. You know, I mean, broadcast I, to exactly the world. to the world mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, for myself, it's been a long journey and I've had very frank discussions with my children um, because n- none of my children have become parents yet. And um, I'm very close with my kids and I have had very long conversations with them and have reached deep to apologize to them, you know, where I fell short in in parenting because of patterning from my parents and you know, influence from society and pressure from the outside. How's it look? You know, the mm-hmm. constant look. But um, 
so yeah, you know, what we know now. Yeah. Well, you are obviously a doula and yes. a very well-respected and highly utilized doula. <laughs> yes, I am very busy. <laughs> I would love to hear a bit about how you actually became this doula that you are now. When I was pregnant with my second child, my son Patrick, I approached my midwife about teaching childbirth education because 30 years ago, you know, we had Lamaze, which was crazy. Um, I'm so grateful for that education, but it's, I look back at it and I was like, what in the world were we doing? <laughs> but there was no real education out there on how to manage labor naturally and not just be a patient. You know, that I, I like to say all the time, if you don't know your choices, you have no choices. And women were coming into birthing saying, sure, do whatever. Okay. And then walking out with their baby going, what the heck just happened to me? And six months later, they have this trauma that they're still reliving. And I was like, okay, we can do better. So I started teaching childbirth education, got on board with, with um, breastfeeding education. And then at her foot, just, and then with Dona, the great Penny Simpkin, um, you know, started researching on doula work and then um, jumped in with both feet. Yeah, the rest is history. The rest is history. And um, I haven't looked back. How many babies do you think you've supported? Oh, God, families? Um, I don't know. Really, Jill, I stopped counting. Like last year, I did 87 births. The year before that, I did 101. Um, COVID doesn't count because I was out of the hospitals for eight months. My The most I've ever done in one year was 114. That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I've been doing this full time for 19 years, but I've been in the birth world for 30. So it's a lot. Yeah. Well, tell me, and for anybody else who's listening, what does a doula do? Uh, that's a great question because, you know, I that is the number one question I get from people who are looking for a doula if they don't know. Mm -hmm. And we are advocates. We are educational, intellectual, and emotional support. We are physical support through labor. We are li liaison between your birth team at the hospital or birth center or home birth. You know, be, so we work in tandem um, with your staff. Um, we are whatever you need. I mean, it's funny. Um, <laughs> we we get a lot of strange requests, but we do not um, provide medical care. We do not deliver babies. Have I caught babies? Yes, because sometimes they come fast in the front seat of my car or <laughs> at home waiting for either a midwife to to come or or we can't get to the hospital. But that's not what we're licensed for. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but we provide um, community resources such as yourself. As you know, I send many people your way, but um, chiropractors, um, acupuncture physicians, placenta encapsulators, photographers, um, we have relationships in the community with them as well. So it's, it's this beautiful triangulation mm -hmm. of care that we help cruise direct. Yeah. You know, with my little clipboard, I was kind of joke, you know, aging myself. And I'm like Julie McCoy of birth, you know, from the love boat. But <laughs> it um, you know, so it's it's we're a first call. You know, a lot of my job is just talking people off the ledge that no, you're not in labor. No, you water didn't break in Target. You just peed your pants. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's um, you know, those kinds of things. And and also too, we're doulas are wonderful hand holders. There's a there's a beautiful midwife from Africa who talks about holding space. And sometimes 
what a laboring woman needs is a touchstone. She doesn't need any words. She doesn't need a hug. She just needs a touchstone and someone to hold that space for her. And we are very good at that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I can also do a pretty mean double hip squeeze. So <laughs> <laughs> I like the advertisement. Yeah. Well, I have uh, said this multiple times. I'll say it again. Now, one of my hindsight moments is that I wish I had had someone like you on my motherhood journey, not because I didn't have some supports, but because I think everybody can use more Yes, support. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. More support. And I did the screening with Dr. Wendy Davis that that program that she had here um, to kind of give us the tools, you know, when I come, because I always see my mama's postpartum. Mm-hmm. And with that toolbox, mine is very small compared to yours, but at least it's something where I can, you know, say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't like what I'm hearing from you, darling. Let's explore what's going on. And, and sometimes I'll get a call at two o'clock in the morning. Um, my most horrific experience with that is a woman called me from the Buckman Bridge, knowing Mm -hmm. that I lived in Mandarin and her family didn't even realize that she had left and the baby was in the car and she felt like she had nowhere to go and she could not mother her children. And would I come and see that her baby was picked up from the bridge? And so I drove to the bridge with her husband on the phone and she was standing on the side of the road in her nightgown with breast milk streaming down her pajamas and her baby snug as a bug in, in her car seat. But she felt like her, her depression had, had gotten so bad that she needed to go permanently. And we talked her down. Myself and a really amazing Florida Highway Patrolman talked her from away from the side of the bridge and they got her to safety and the husband arrived and took the baby. But that's, that was 15 years ago. And that's when I knew that I needed to know more, Jill, Mm -hmm. because it shook me to my core. I'm sure. You know, but even, I mean, that's an extreme case, but even things when I come in and to a house that I know is typically very neat and clean. And I can see that things are going downhill fast Mm -hmm. and the mom hasn't showered in days and, you know, kids are crying and she is unable to move from the couch. And, you know, so we swoop in. I Two of my partners um, do postpartum work and they are dedicated to just postpartum doula work. And they have also done some some good training for that. But um, doulas, we have a pulse on these things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that in my day... We didn't have the resources, Jill. We didn't have you. Well, and I like the fact that there are options for doulas during the pregnancy period. You just referenced postpartum doulas, another hindsight moment where it would be really, it would have been really nice to have somebody give some support in those early days. Um, So I think your profession is so valuable and and so important. Thank you. It is. And it's, it's wonderful to see because when I was, when I started being a doula, there were four of us in town. That was it. I I admin a co-op of doulas of 15. We are rich with doulas here in in North Florida. And it's marvelous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's marvelous. And so if someone calls me and says, hey, I'm due November 1st. Are you available? I'm not. But here's a list of 14. Mm-hmm. And, and we always back each other up. So if someone hires you, you know, hires a doula, you're never without a doula. Mm-hmm. And that's marvelous because, gosh almighty, 
no one should have to go through this alone. You look at other cultures. I've been so blessed to, to attend births in other cultures around the world. And it's like the whole family, the, all the women are there, you know, and they're cooking and they're supporting. And I don't know where the men go, but they're all, you know, but the women are there and it's phenomenal. We don't do that. Yeah. We pat them on the head, scoot them along, put the baby in the car seat and say, bye-bye. You know, there's none of this. We don't have breastfeeding circles anymore. We don't have aunties teaching breastfeeding. We don't have grandmas making these rich, beautiful soups. Um, you know, it's, it's really, it's a lost, it's a lost moment. Well, I think that having um, doulas and other frontline people who can be information hubs is certainly something that is helpful in creating a network and something that I really want other moms and expectant and new moms to take away this idea that you can't have enough support and planning for how you're going to take care of yourself and your system is a high priority. I don't think women are told enough in their prenatal visits what is about to happen to them chemically? Um, you know, my degrees are in biology. I was a science teacher before I jumped into the birth world. I taught life sciences, biology, anatomy, physiology, marine biology. But we talk all the time about, oh yeah, you know, it could take six weeks to heal. That's such a crazy number. Six weeks, that's not even close, you know, but we don't talk to women about the realities, you know, We talk about the realities of how they're going to get along with their partner, but we don't talk about how they get along with themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, motherhood is profound. Birth is profound. Postpartum experience is, is crazy Mm -hmm. on the body. And, but we don't talk about it. I have a question for you. Sure. You mentioned baby catching in cars. Yes. (laughs) Can you tell us about one of your experiences? Because it sounds so fascinating. It is. um, I had a mom, wonderful, wonderful mom. I was her doula for um, all four of her births. And baby number four was coming fast. And she was in her tub at home with the plan that we were going to transfer to the hospital. And... um, so I jumped and, and she wouldn't get out of the tub. She was comfortable in there and she felt like this urge to, to begin the, the pushing cycle. And, and, um, I, I told her, I said, look, we're 10 minutes. I said, we can make it, you know, and I had her physician on the phone. So we were coming over the bridge and we were turning in and she just looked at me. She goes, my, my daughter's arriving and her husband in his brand new Mercedes is like, what? <laughs> you know? And I shoved a beach towel underneath and we pulled into the circle drive of the hospital. And she just looked at me and she goes, could you receive her please? Cause she's here. And that calm. Wow. And I just literally guided her out as the car door opened and her physician was standing there and I moved to the floorboard and she was holding her baby and she just looked at me and she goes, nicely done. We'll take it from here. And I was like, Thank you. <laughs> because it was, it was slippery easy. There was no nuchal cord. There was no hand presentation. There was nothing that was out of the ordinary. This perfect little sweet pea just came into the world. And, and the whole time her husband never let go of the steering wheel, Jill. And the whole time he's like, is there anything on the seats? Did you get anything on the seats? <laughs> oh I was like, no, we, everything is contained within, you know, uh, but yeah, so we were able to then, uh, oh, and the funny thing was there was a whole big family coming up to see their new baby grandparents, aunties, anything that had these balloons and they realized what they, what was going on. 
and they circled the car and everybody was clapping. So it's like she had this little surrogate family. It was like 30 people and everybody was cheering and she was so proud. And we were able to then move her to a wheelchair to take her upstairs to, to deliver the placenta safely. But yeah, that was, but she was so calm. She was so calm. Could you receive my daughter? Yeah, that's the part that's the most jarring to me. Well, I'll mention as one other piece that you have worked with one of my good friends, and you've talked a bit about how doulas are supportive and helpful, and you've talked about some people choose uh, deliveries that don't require medication or various interventions, but you supported one of my friends actually through a C-section delivery. Yes. And so it doesn't mean that you have to have one certain pathway to have somebody like you in their lives. That's right. And you know, the thing too, Jill, is birth is never linear. I mean, we like to think that, oh, the water's going to break. Oh, I'm going to labor. You know, that's just Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, birth takes a million directions. And a doula is a guide. I like to joke around that we have the birth map. You know, it's like we lay it on the table and say, oh, look, or Siri corrections, you know, in 30 feet, make a U-turn because you just don't know. And having your doula in the surgical suite as well, because a belly birth is still a birth. It's still a celebration of the receiving of your child. And we really do want to maintain the dignity and information flow Mm -hmm. that happens in an OR. Because most OBs are great about talking over the drape to the moms, but there are a few that don't. And it's very removed. It's very clinical. It's very cold. So having somebody there saying, you know, I'm standing there, I'm watching, you know, you're about to receive your son, you know, your son is coming into the world, you know, this is what's going on. And and then I ask for quiet for the first cry and, you know, so they can hear the first cry and everybody claps and we have music in the room and we can have dim lights except for the surgical lights. And, you know, we can still make it as close to a non-clinical birth, you know, in the OR, it's a little tough. But no, having somebody there and then directing the partner because they're like, well, what do I do now? And and you're in a surgical room. It's cold. It smells funny. There's cauterization. There's suction. It's There's blood on the floor sometimes. They don't always do well. So guiding them over to the warmer to meet their child for the first time and then bundling that baby up and bringing that baby back to the mom and having that moment at the head of the OR table is still super sacred. And we get it on film. We take lots of pictures. Um, we play the music, you know, the chime, the birth chime. And so in, unless it's an emergent situation, having somebody in there that is not part of that surgical scenario but liaises with them and they know that I'm not going to trip over the wires. I'm not going to interfere with anything. I'm going to maintain a sterile field. But they know that, hey, I'm still, this is still my client and she is front and center here. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure that she, you get one day. Jill, you get one day. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So whether that is a birth next to a stream with a baby deer <laughs> or a C-section, <laughs> you know, we, you get one day mm-hmm. and our focus is making sure that that she is celebrated in the way that she deserves, whether that's a belly birth, a vaginal birth, a birth with pain management, you know, all natural. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you one last question. Sure. Um, as a birth worker, your schedule is insane. <laughs> it is insane. So tell us, just give us a week. What is the oh, week? Oh, Lordy. Like? Um, because I am a busy doula, I usually... 
do anywhere between six and 10 births a month, sometimes more, but I try and stick to those numbers. So that means that my phone sitting next to me is never off. Um, so it's prenatal visits, um, either to the midwife or to the physician's office on call 24 seven. Um, when I have moms who are in window, meaning that they're 37 weeks to 42 weeks, I don't drink at all. Mm. Um, because if I, you know, I don't want to have a glass of wine and then have to get called to a birth. Um, you know, I make sure that my bag is packed, my laundry's done, my snack bag's ready to go. And then I sleep when I can because like I just had a birth last weekend that was 55 hours and from start to finish, it was an insane scenario. And I slept an hour and a half and then I slept 45 minutes and then I slept an hour and 20. And so when I got home on Sunday, I probably shouldn't have driven my car, but my sister was here visiting and I walked in and she goes, oh Lord. And so she made me a meal. I sat on my couch with my dog and she literally brought me a plate and I went upstairs. I took a shower. She did my birth laundry because I always bring changes of clothes. And then I have like my, my rebozo gets washed every time. My shoes get washed every time because I come in through the laundry room and no, no hospital germs come into my home. Everything's dumped in the laundry room. And so she took care of all that and she put me to bed. <laughs> I was in bed like at four o'clock and slept till the morning. So, you know, you sleep when you can. And if you get the call in the night, you get up and go because the birth adrenaline is real. But you do have to, um, we birth workers, you know, I'm lucky to be in a group where we get to sound off to each other and, and vent and cry if we need to or cheer each other. You know, I'm lucky I have that support network, but, you know, my plants help that too. Mm-hmm. But it is, um, and then, and then I have breastfeeding clients who are not my doula clients who are sent to me by pediatricians or by word of mouth. So I try and take at least a day to recover and then I'm right back in it with postpartum visits because I go see all my babies and then check on breastfeeding moms, do this, do that, report to doctor's offices. I fax all the time breastfeeding reports, like if I'm following a baby who's failure to thrive or whatever, you know, I follow those babes. I've got a few pediatricians that send me those babies. So it's um it's a rare day off, you know, but it's it's um it is the joy of my life. I love this work. Well, it's incredible. And I feel Thank like we you. should stop and let you go take a nap. <laughs> I <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much Thank for you, Jill, being here. I will talk until the cows come home about this this world because I do love it and I have a passion for it. And I appreciate your time. And I just want to say I appreciate you because I know how many women you help on the daily. And because many of them have been my mamas that I've sent to you. And you are a beacon in a, in this world because we didn't have that for a very long time. I wish that I had had it. Well, I really wish that I'd had it. So thank you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Nice 